Hello, this is the AMA Update video and podcast. Today we're coming to you live from the AMA's National Advocacy Conference in Washington, D.C. to bring you the latest on what's happening on the advocacy issues that are most important to you. And for that, I'm joined by Todd Askew, the AMA's Senior Vice President of Advocacy. I'm the other Todd, Todd Unger, the AMA's Chief Experience Officer. Uh, Welcome, Todd. Thanks, Todd, and welcome to Washington. Good to be with you in person. It's good to be on your territory, and I feel like this is kind of like uh, the event the other day, the Super Bowl for your team. There's a lot of excitement in the air. We got a lot of big players here. What are you hoping to accomplish in the next couple of days? Well, it's really a great opportunity, not only to showcase some of the great work the AMA's done, but to showcase our members and to take them up to Capitol Hill, have them talk about these issues with their policymakers, with the staff, with the members of Congress, uh, with senators, and also get to have them hear from some really important policymakers as well to kind of get a first-person view of of the process and, and to participate in it. Well, a lot of what we're doing uh, today is kind of reviewing the priorities that the AMA is working on in preparation for those Hill visits. Talk to us a little bit about those priorities. So as you're well aware, we've talked about it a lot. Uh, The recovery plan for America's physicians features five very important issues uh, that we talk a lot to Capitol Hill about, but that really resonate uh, with physicians because they're the important challenges that are facing them in their practices right now. And it includes Medicare payment, uh, scope of practice issues, prior authorization challenges, it includes telehealth, and most importantly, and they all kind of feed into this, is physician wellness, because all of these challenges to medicine, uh, challenges to their practices, feed into uh, physician wellness. So where do these priorities come from, and why are they so important right now? Well, we listen to our members. They come from the House of Delegates. We do surveys. Uh, You know, the marketing folks do surveys. But most importantly, these are the things that people come to us and they say it is important that that the AMA, that organized medicine, uh, work on these issues because those are the things that are most challenging to me uh, in in terms of being able to provide quality health care to my patients. These are the ones uh, that they say that the physicians tell us uh, we need to be addressing, that need to be right at the top of the list. Now, part of being here in Washington, of course, is the context. Uh, We've got a divided Congress, and it seems like everything that we talk about these days, even kind of, you know, what shoes you wear, what toothpaste you buy, everything is politicized, and health policy uh, is no exception to that. So how do we operate in a context where there is so much political division to get our, you know, focus and keep that focus on patients? Well... Your, your premise is correct, that, that everything is very politicized right now, and there, there's so much division in Washington and in our country, quite frankly, and that's just you know magnified here in D.C. It doesn't come from D.C. It's really magnified, I think, uh, when you bring the people's representatives together. But these issues that we're talking about, they're very strongly, there's strong bipartisan support for every single one of them, uh, regardless of the political divisions. Uh, Everybody agrees that the Medicare program should be financially stable and that physicians should be able to afford to care for those patients. Everybody agrees that physicians should not spend hours and hours and hours, and their staff spend hours and hours and hours, filling out unnecessary paperwork to get people authorization for benefits that they already paid for. Um, We want to make sure that people have access to quality providers. We want to make sure that physicians can basically maintain their own wellness so that they can continue to care for the country. Uh, so while there is a lot of division on a lot of issues and a lot of issues in healthcare, the things we're mainly talking about today and, and this week 
uh, while everybody's in town, have very strong bipartisan support. That's really important. And you mentioned earlier that a big part of this activity and one of the, the key reasons we're here in Washington is so people can go up to the Hill and talk to their legislators. I don't think, uh, unless I recall incorrectly, that this is part of medical school training. So how do you train uh, folks, uh, physicians, maybe not used to doing something like this to be effective uh, on the Hill? Well, that's part of what the conference is about. We're gonna have some great speakers uh, talking about techniques for getting your message across. Uh, we're actually putting messaging talking points in people's hands that have been refined and kind of gone over uh, to make sure that they resonate. But I do think that you do learn some things in medical school that help you become a better advocate, especially when you're bedside with the patient, when you're talking to them about what they need to do. You know, it's, it's, it's a, you sometimes have to convince a patient to take a certain course of action or make a lifestyle change. And that's a lot of what we're doing on Capitol Hill. Uh, people with the expertise in these issues, our physician members, are going up to Capitol Hill to explain to uh, staff and members of Congress what they need to do to improve the healthcare system and, and care for people better. So uh, it's not entirely divorced from um, some techniques you may learn in medical school. Now you mentioned, of course, the facts. Uh, that's something that our advocacy team at AMA brings together and makes sure people know about. Any other kind of tactics that may be more effective with legislators? Well, the most effective thing is personal stories. And we can go up as government affairs professionals, as health policy people, and we can go through the technical details of bills and, and some of the challenges. But when a physician goes up to, a member, to their member of Congress and explains to them uh, the challenges they face in delivering health care in their community to their constituents and can give real world examples of how some of these barriers, prior authorization is a great example, are getting in the way of trying to provide care for people in their hometown, in their communities, that resonates because that policymaker ideally is supposed to be here to help those folks back home and you're giving them a roadmap to how to do it. Yeah, those stories are so important. It reminds me of when we talked to Representative Delvene uh, a few months ago, her personal stories about prior auth were just, they were so impactful and that is something again that uh, because of those personal experiences, people kind of unify around the ideas. Of and you'll hear, and Senator Marshall, who's the other great champion on, on prior authorization, will be here as well. And I'm sure you'll hear the same stories for him. In fact, uh, we've already heard uh, some of our leaders say that every member of Congress, every policymaker they talk to, they have their own personal experience or their family experience with prior authorization. And when you can make the connection to that challenge that they faced with here's a solution and here's how you can keep other people from having to deal with that, that's really powerful, and that's what motivates um, Congress to make change. Now, one of the things that I really love about this meeting, and it's great, by the way, just to be back in person right. this year to do it, yeah. is because it is a, a little bit more of an eclectic group of folks. You have uh, everybody from Michael Beschloss that talked about history right. today. You've got senators, you've got physicians, you've got lots of different voices. Why is it so important to kind of bring this kind of crew together to talk about health policy? Well, it's, we're not monolithic. I mean, we, have, we come at these issues all in agreement that they're important and they need to be addressed, but people come at them with different perspectives and sometimes with different solutions, um, different motivations. And we need to understand that. We need to understand um, where people on the right are coming from, where people on the left are coming from, 
where the differences between how some of these solutions may be approached by Congress as opposed to the administration, which has a different uh, set of uh, you know, ability to, to impact some of these things. So we want to hear the broad spectrum of folks that are all here for the same reason, uh, you know, hopefully, uh, to, to, to fix some of the country's problems. Um, but we need to kind of get all those different perspectives so that we are more fully informed and can be better advocates for, for these issues. Now, one of the top issues that we're talking about in the next couple of days is something you and I have spoken about before, which is scope of practice right. and these expansions that are happening across the country. A lot of times in our discussions, we focused on what's happening at the state level, which is where a lot of this activity occurs. Talk to us a little bit about what's happening now at the federal level. Sure. So traditionally, and scope generally is the defined in, in the states, and it's different in each state for each different, uh, each different profession. Um, but we're starting to see this you know, more here in, in, in Washington. Um, a lot of this is driven from the pandemic flexibilities that were put in place uh, to kind of cut through some of the red tape and limits to help care for folks during the pandemic. Those are kind of being pulled back. And so obviously uh, the non-physician providers are coming here to argue uh, that we can provide, you know, we can continue to provide this care uh, in a, in a non, in a post pandemic, you know, world, if you will, a post public health emergency world, really, which the public health emergency will end on, on May the 11th. But they make arguments that don't completely resonate. Uh, a lot of people think scope expansion is a way to fix access problems. Well, just because you expand scope doesn't mean you've created another healthcare provider. Most non-physician, um, healthcare providers, uh, work in partnership with physicians on a physician led team. And, they are able to work together to provide care to more people than either one of them would be able to do, uh, do singly. Um, we're also learning more data that a lot of people come and say, well, they provide cheaper care and better. You know, it's not. We're starting to see more and more data that because they don't have the full range of training, um, that, that frequently they, they're overprescribing, uh, they're misdiagnosing maybe, but, but um, ordering more tests than, than might be necessary. Uh, it turns out there was a report out of the VA recently uh, that, that said uh, care was of lower quality and higher cost. Um, we need to make sure people understand this. Uh, the answer is healthcare teams. Every one of these providers has an extremely valuable role uh, to play in the healthcare system. And they're necessary. Every, all of these people uh, are necessary parts of the healthcare system. Uh, but ultimately, we have to lean on the, the head of the team, the leader of the team, uh, as the people with the most experience, the most training, uh, and that's, you know, our concept of the physician-led team. We need to be careful that that doesn't start to creep into, you know, not c continue to be recognized in some of the federal programs. Uh, there are efforts underway to expand the list of things in Medicare, for example, that non-physician providers can, can certify without any physician oversight. And we think that's a bad precedent that could risk increasing expenditures without uh, really increasing access to care. Now, Todd, this is an annual meeting, of course. Uh, not every physician can get here to participate. And I think, you know, we've heard more than I think in any of the six years I've been at the AMA, now is really the time to be acting with a unified voice. Right. So for physicians that want to get involved in advocacy, what should they be doing? Well, they can subscribe for free online to the AMA's advocacy update. Uh, we provide a biweekly uh, online newsletter that, that, that talks about the issues that we're working on both here and at the state level, and there's usually a feature about a featured issue each, each every couple of weeks. Um, and they can obviously sign up for the uh, AMA's Physicians Grassroots Network at physiciansgrassrootsnetwork.org. 
uh, where uh, we will call on them uh, when the time is right, when we need to have the physician voice amplified in Washington uh, to reach out to their legislators. We'll provide them the resources to do that. Uh, and that's just a great way to magnify the voice of physicians across the country. I like that. We will call on you when that time is right. And that is so important because, you know, back to what you talked about before, it is these physician stories. It right. does matter. We've heard that from legislators when they get letters and when they get phone calls, right. like and, this drives the needle. And the importance of also of building those relationships with your members of Congress and their staffs and continuing to nurture those relationships, visiting folks back in the district, uh, inviting them into your healthcare facility to help maybe understand uh, the challenges that you're facing. It, those relationships are really what drives it. We can provide all the facts, all the talking points, all that stuff, but it's that connection with the folks back home and that constant contact uh, from the physician in their community uh, that really is gonna kinda help uh, move the ball. Todd, thank you so much for being here Happy today. To be here. This is an amazing event. I wish every physician could be able to kind of experience what's going on here, uh, but we'll look forward to bringing them uh, this update and continue to keep them updated on your advocacy initiatives. Thank you to you and the thank team you. and to all the physicians that are here uh, making sure that we operate with a unified voice. Uh, that's it for today's AMA update. Uh, we'll be back soon with another episode. In the meantime, you can find all our videos and podcasts at ama-assn.org slash podcasts. And also, I encourage all of you out there to check out the initiatives that we talked about today by looking at the recovery plan for America's physicians. You'll find that at ama-assn.org slash recovery. Thanks so much for joining us. Please take care.